With $20 worth of quarters in my pocket, I think I'm living in the shade of an 80s arcade. Shall we play a game? Oh. Hello and welcome to Living in the Shade of an 80s Arcade. I'm your most excellent host, Joel McLaughlin. And uh, probably one thing that we really haven't talked all too much about here was um, gaming on the PC. Yes, um, <laughs> this is something we did. Uh, IBM brought out... Uh, the, the personal PC in the 80s. Uh, and it is responsible for, well, machines just like the one I'm using today. Uh, the IBM personal computer, IBM 5150, was IBM's, the 5150 was IBM's model number. Uh, it was uh, introduced in uh, August of... 1981, uh, and uh, it was one of the very first um, computer. Well, not the the very first computers, but probably the most viable computer f from the standpoint of uh, using it in businesses. Uh, it was a big, big machine, expensive machine for the time, uh, but uh, uh, you used the uh, Intel, I'm trying to remember what the first, first chip was in the 5150. But uh, it's either an 8088 or an 8086. And I think it was, let me double check here. I'm running through this. I'm looking up now. Because this is this is just something I came up with on a whim here for this week's show. Because um, technically, when you, I guess the day I'm recording this or what's left of it, um, was um, like International Day for video games. Uh, so I kind of missed that boat a little bit. Maybe next year will be different. But uh, it's the eighty eighty eight in the uh, original IBM fifty one fifty. It had sixteen kilobytes or 64 kilobytes and was expandable to 256 kilobytes of RAM sounds really weak compared to uh, current systems the 8088 ran at 4.77 megahertz uh, it had uh, two different displays that they introduced for this system and it's going to depend on which video adapter you had in the system uh, IBM made the monochrome display adapter or MDA adapter or the color graphics adapter would, or CGA uh, and the 51 f IBM 5151 was the monochrome display and the 5153 was the color display uh, and it also uh, could uh, be displayed uh, using a composite input on a um, television. Uh, Keyboard itself was the IBM Model F 83-key keyboard with a 5-pin connector. Uh, and uh, the sound, uh, it was capable of a single programmable frequency square wave built in the speaker. So the music and sound on the original IBM PC wasn't that great. Uh, fortunately for us, it actually did uh, develop into something better. Uh, companies by the name of Sound Blaster and others... Uh, produced actual uh, sound cards 
Um, and then, of course, now today we have uh, a lot of the sound card hardware is built into the systems. Like mine has a set, has one here. Um, and uh, something uh, that uh, was really needed to improve uh, how uh, the game sounded. Uh, CGA graphics themselves weren't that great either. Uh, it was hard to simulate certain colors, and it was, I believe, it was only a four color at, at a time system. Um, I might be wrong though, but uh, because it's not something I really think about all that much, to be honest. But um, later on, later models of the IBM PC upgraded the chip from the 8088 chip to the 8086 chip, which became an official 16 bit chip. Um, that was the 86 was the 16-bit chip, uh, but it only exposed 8 bits on the bus. Um, so uh, that uh, these is just how things started. The Intel instruction set uh, was so critical to uh, PCs up, you know, up until now. I mean, there's a lot more power in a current chip like for example I got a Core i7 uh, in this laptop with uh, uh, the ability to run up to eight different threads at the same time uh, didn't have that ability there were no multiple core systems when this system came out like we have today it was just a single core system and uh, rarely did it did you Originally, when you first played IBM PC games, you might have played a lot of text-driven games. Um, so games like uh, the Infocom games. Uh, Infocom was very famous for its games on PC. Games like Zork uh, and uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Colossal Cave uh, were essentially a, a text adventure game. Uh, where you would just type in uh, to the computer and it would describe what's going on. Uh, so uh, the one I played the most um, in that era was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is named after that book. Um, let me see. I'm trying to see when that came out. So um, it was one of the games I played, and that was you know really uh, um, some of the first games a lot of folks would play on IBM PC were games such as this. At that's not to say there wasn't any games with graphics. There were, um, unfortunately, um, as time moved on, like uh, my very first computer actually. That I owned wasn't uh, an 8086 or an 8088. It was the 8286 uh, with the Super VGA uh, uh, graphics card on it. So uh, it was a whole lot better of a gaming system than the original PC was. And I eventually added a sound blaster to it. But uh, um, but the PC game uh, for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, you literally can play it online, but that was released in September of 1984 in North America. Uh, it was released in IBM PC, as well as uh, the Atari 8-bits, the Atari ST, a lot of the computers of the time. 
including the Capro 2, the TI-99 4A, TRS-80, so on and so forth, um, was just basically text. Uh, nothing fancy about it. And being that it's basically text, you can actually uh, play it online in the Internet Archive um, right now on pretty much any modern machine through a web browser. So, uh, games like that. Um, another game from the time uh, that I played uh, was Scorched Earth, um, which was essentially a, a turret game, uh, and each each turret would take a, would take a turn trying to shoot one of the other turrets. Um, I think it was also one of the first games I ever played that could be possibly networked. Uh, IBM... Uh, kind of helped invent some of the networking stuff. They had a, a different networking technology than most of us are using today called Token Ring. Uh, and that was a big deal. Uh, it was invented uh, by IBM uh, of ad, kind of as an add-on for um, working with uh, the other main thing they made in the 80s and 70s uh, and 60s. Uh, was uh, mainframes, mainframe technology. So, of course, IBM wanted to make sure that we had some ability to talk to those mainframes. That was part of it. Plus, they also had the 3270 terminals with the direct connection cards, uh, which used coaxial cable to talk to the bigger machines uh, where the real business of the day was done. Uh, although, um, small businesses could definitely use the IBM PC and did at the time, uh, using uh, software such as Lotus 1-2-3, which is probably one of the first spreadsheet softwares in, uh, that anybody was exposed to, as well as uh, databases like uh, FoxPro, um, Access eventually uh, was added uh, once Windows became a thing. But uh, So that, that was all early technology stuff. Uh, and just a lot of that is still with us today, even though uh, Token Ring itself is probably not a supported networking technology or anything that anybody would use today, all being replaced by TCP IP, uh, Ethernet, and uh, other networking technologies today. So I kind of talked a lot, a lot about the hardware and a little bit about the games, but let's go ahead and uh, after the break, I'm going to go ahead and talk about some of the games that were um, influential and out on the IBM PC in the 80s. Before we go and say thanks to our awesome host, Anchor, for making this show possible, I do have a couple shout-outs to my good friend, Rob Fott, in Living in the 80s. If you love the 80s as much as I do, you do want to check out that show. You might hear Rob. You might hear a little bit of Matt Moore. Um, hey, you never know what you're going to get over there. And I also want to put a great shout out to my buddy, Big J, Jason Peitzmeyer, for putting out the awesome Chewing the Fat as well as Free For All. If you're a conservative or into conservative uh, politics at all, you do want to check out that show. And uh, I want to thank both of them for being awesome. And welcome back to the show. Um, so let's go ahead. And, uh, I s touched on this a little bit, um, but one of the genre of games that was very popular in the 80s on the IBM PC were um, 
text adventures or there also was an expansion upon that with games um such as uh, the space quest series and others into graphical uh text adventures these ones were still at its heart a text adventure but you actually had a character um and graphics that associated the character and you got to move from move him from screen to screen uh, but you didn't just tell your character you didn't just like use button presses to tell the character to put pick up things and stuff like that you actually had to tech, type a command into this in the system in order to get the character to pick up that uh bobble or whatever was lying on the floor uh, games of that nature um like i mentioned the space quest series uh, which we've had a previous game on that um a lot of the sierra games were this kind of a game uh, but one of the uh uh, games that uh, was very popular at the time was one called Maniac Mansion came out in 1987 brought out by Lucasfilm Games uh, and uh, I didn't play that particular game so I'm not going to comment on the game itself but that was just one of many games on that on that kind of a theme uh, another Sierra game series was the King's Quest series uh, uh, that was a uh, written um at least the script was written by roberta williams uh with uh, her husband ken doing the uh software that actually ran the game uh another infocom game infocom game called leather goddesses of phobos um was that one was e text adventure mo mostly the one that I, some of these games also like i think this one uh came with um uh, touchy feelies like little props and stuff in the in that came in the game box uh so that was a very popular thing to do in uh, the early pc era uh, was to include these touchy feely things in order to um basically help you get closer to the game since pc technology of the time really wasn't uh, up to the task of uh modern pcs that's for sure so uh but that was one huge genre of adventure games that like that. Um, other games that came out on the PC that I remember um, were a lot of arcade ports. Um, Ultima f Four, the Quest Quest of the Avatar uh, from Origin Systems was brought out in 1985. Again, very similar to some of the other games that we already talked about. Um, but another uh, very popular thing on PCs of the time was uh, flight simulators, like um, what became uh, the very first flight simulator I remember on a PC uh, was originally produced by another company that Microsoft purchased, so now it's called Microsoft Flight Simulator, and that game series is still with us today, every, every iteration making the graphics uh, and flight controls more realistic. Um, one flight simulator I actually um, had in the 80s. Plus, have since bought uh, from good old games, uh, GOG.com, uh, was F-19 Stealth Fighter, which was based on the um, what Testers Inc., uh, the, the the modeling company, thought um, the Stealth Fighter looked like. It was a much more sleek version of a uh, black space aircraft uh, and um, 
that's what this game used. F, and in fact, the title of it was F-19 Stealth Fighter. And in the end, we found out that the original Stealth Fighter was the F-117, a Nighthawk, which was a ground attack focused uh, aircraft. Uh, now, since retired uh, because of the expense of maintaining uh, the materials that that fighter was made out of. But F-19, though, was it looked exactly like the testers uh, concept that they had. Um, and uh, some of the fight missions you had were flying into Libya, uh, bombing and on bombing runs. And occasionally you would fire um, the occasional sidewinder at another aircraft, uh, usually a MiG, uh, because at that time, uh, Soviet Union, uh, up until... Uh, Glasnost and the uh, you know that time that was like eighty nine or ninety I can't remember which um, but um, the thing I always remembered about that time period was uh, driving home and hearing about the fall of the wall in Berlin uh, but uh, F nineteen Stealth Fighter was you know just a a game from a different era and it was actually pretty good um, it was a um, some of the more complex things. And that's kind of where PC games started to go uh, with a lot of things was more complex things because unlike a uh, console-based system like uh, the Atari 2600 or even the Nintendo NES, um, you had a full 101-key keyboard or maybe an 88-key keyboard, where you can use every button on that to control things in the game. Uh, so a lot of times, um, some games would uh, have an overlay that we can uh, lay over the, well, in software too at the time, uh, have these overlays that you can stick over the function keys and it will tell you which function key control what thing. Or you might have a little card that you would sit next to your computer as you played the game so that you knew which control was which. Um, uh, so like for, you know, a good example of that is on an, when you're in an aircraft simulator, be it F-19 stealth fighter, or uh, there's a, there was one for the F-16, the F-15 strike eagle. Um, you, you could use some of the buttons on there to, you'd press one, like for example, you'd press the G button to lower, uh, and raise the landing gear. So PCs were more capable of this, a console at the time was not. Mostly just because they had that attached keyboard that we used to type programs and to uh, <clears throat> work on spreadsheets and Word documents and things of that nature. So, um, uh, but you would get, um, occasionally you would get some really unique games beyond the graphical adventure games. And one of those uh, was uh, brought out in 1989 in the form of SimCity. Now, SimCity is exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's a city simulator. Um. Uh, and uh, was wrote by Will Wright uh, and distributed by Electronic Arts at the time that then became Maxis, which really developed into a whole series um, where um, every iteration added things. But the original game, you had to zone... Three different areas. You'd have industrial, which is where your sims would go to work. You would have commercial. That's also another option uh, for your where your sims would go to work. 
as well as uh, residential where they would live. Uh, and you would have to build the power plant. You would have to build the police department, fire departments, trash collection. Uh, I don't think that trash collection probably wasn't added to the series until much later. But it, because of the uniqueness and the ability to add things like mice to your computer, it really made this kind of game possible on a PC where it really wasn't possible on uh, other uh, systems of the time. So... Um, that was kind of a really unique uh, gaming experience that the PC was able to give you where a, a console couldn't. Um, but your early PC gaming was definitely not what it is today. And uh, it still was fun uh, in a different way. Uh, I always thought PC games, at least of that time and era, helped you think about um, things and... Uh, were more cerebral than the games of today, like the first-person shooters that started with uh, Castle Wolfenstein uh, and moved on up, on up through Doom, Quake, and some of the first-person shooters that you now play on game consoles. Originally, those first-person shooters only were really capable of working on a PC. So, but um, that... That's really all I want to go into about PC gaming. Uh, PC gaming really uh, of the 80s was really a different kind of a time period because the IBM PC was not really made for games, um, but eventually got to be that way uh, as people uh, brought out peripherals and stuff to expand the system even further than IBM even thought. And uh, now we have uh, the PCs that we have today. Uh, being brought out by many different companies like for example the one I'm using today it was made by Asus and uh, that's uh, got th it's got things on it that not the even the original IBM PC didn't have like for example light a light up keyboard and things like that so um, it's just amazing to me how far the technology uh, of the 80s that started in the 80s has come uh, to represent something we use and work with today so all right well that's going to be it for this week's show uh i am on officially on vacation this week um but i'm that's a vacation from work but not a vacation from this show uh so i will have another show out uh next week uh and uh hope you guys all have a great one and take care